I'm going to give you uh, some brief meditation instruction, and we'll go into uh, instruction in more detail in the course of the uh, in the course of the retreat. Uh, I would request that you all uh, follow the meditation instructions uh, as, as given. Uh, and I may, uh, I may give you individually different instructions to follow, but if you can, as much as uh, possible, use the method of practice that I'm teaching here during this retreat. Uh, in that way, I will be able to uh, benefit you to the greatest degree. So please, uh, rather than uh, uh, using some other form of practice, uh, do your best to follow the instructions I give here. So, just uh, in a brief sort of preamble to help you understand why we do this. Because, of course, you know, uh, meditation involves concentration, and as soon as we hear that word, it has some negative connotations. Concentration sounds like something that's hard to do, and maybe not that much fun, and you're not even sure what good what good does it do to be concentrated. And uh, mindful awareness, uh, these insights that you're supposed to get by examining the same things you've always seen all your whole life, uh, that too may sound like uh, a lot of work, and you're not sure what for. So, what this is what this is about. is to attain for ourselves individually a kind of wisdom, a kind of understanding that is so profound that it will transform us in the deepest personal, deepest way personally. And the transformation will be such that we will be able to completely transcend the suffering that is so common a part of our human existence and in that way achieve a, a happiness and a bliss that is not dependent upon external circumstances. Uh, our, our goal is to transform ourselves in such a way that uh, we have such loving kindness and compassion in our hearts that there is no question uh, any day what the meaning and purpose is of our lives when we get out of our bed to go and to do whatever it is that we need to do in the world. Uh, this wisdom that we wish to attain will accomplish these goals by transforming us in a very fundamental way, freeing us from craving in the form of desire of every form and aversion and all of its different manifestations, anger and hatred and so forth. So this, this is what our goal is in this practice. But all of these goals are based upon gaining a very profound understanding of our own true nature and the true nature of reality. Wisdom and understanding of a very, very special kind. And it's not something that's obtained intellectually. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, require 
a lot of thought and analysis, although these can be very helpful. It is something that is attained through direct observation uh, of our own experience. We are going to prepare ourselves to look into the nature of our very own minds and into the uh, ultimate nature of the reality that we live in. The reason that we practice in the way that we do is to prepare the mind so that we can experience this sort of direct insight and understanding. And if we use an analogy uh, comparing the mind to water as a metaphor, if there's a body of water and the surface is disturbed, choppy, covered with waves and ripples. You cannot see into the water, nor does the surface of the water reflect uh, that which surrounds it. On the other hand, when the surface of the water becomes completely calm and still, it reflects everything around it and above it in perfect clarity. Not only that, when the surface of the water is still, you can see into it. The mind is like that. In order to see the nature of our minds and in order to see the nature of reality, we need to put an end to, to this turbulence that surface that uh, prevents, uh, prevents us from seeing clearly. Likewise, even if we compare with water, even when the water becomes still, if the turbulence below the surface has stirred up mud and debris from the bottom, we still can't see clearly into it. So, uh, in comparing the mind to water, we would like our mind to, instead of being like water, that the surface is all stirred up and, and choppy and covered with waves, and that the water itself is all murky and dense and unclear, that it become still and clear so that it perfectly reflects that which is around us and that we can see through it to whatever is contained in the depths of it. We actually, if you think about it, we take delight in a perfectly calm surface, do we not? When you see something like that, doesn't it make you pause and appreciate the, the beauty of it? And photographers and painters always make pictures of, of perfectly calm uh, lakes and pools, right? And not only that, if you happen upon a body of water and it's perfectly clear and so you can see all the way down to the deepest part of it and every little pebble on the bottom is completely clear, we take a kind of delight in that as well. And so, uh, although there's a certain amount of uh, diligence and focus and effort involved in calming and clearing our minds in these ways, we will experience even a much greater joy once we've done so. Not to mention the fact that it will make it possible for us to see that which we wish to see. So if you can use that metaphor 
to help remind you of what what you're trying to do here. How do we calm our mind of all of this constant activity, the thoughts, the concerns, the worries, the memories, the plans, all of these things that uh, constantly disturb uh, the mind? Well, the method that we're going to use here is by simply bringing the mind to rest quietly and peacefully in the simple observation and attending to of the sensations of the breath. And so the method that we're going to use for the sitting practice is going to involve locating the sensations at the point where the air enters and leaves your body, right around the nostrils and upper lip, finding the location where the sensations that are produced by the breath is most clear and returning your breath to those sensations each time, returning your mind to those sensations each time uh, it is disturbed and carried away by thoughts of of various kinds. So that is the, the very simple essence of the practice. We're not really observing the breath, although we speak of it as such. The object that we're placing our attention on is the sensations that are produced by the breath. We're not following the breath in and out of the body. We're just using those sensations as a place to keep bringing the mind back to, as a place of rest, until the mind begins to become calm and peaceful. Any questions about that? Um, since our attention should be exclusively on one uh, location, um, if, say, for example, um, we also are aware of subtle tensions in other parts of the body, should we try to relax it? Or should we just bring the focus immediately back regardless of whether there's tension or not? Uh, No, the way that I want you to do this, this is a very gentle process. And although as, as your mind becomes more still and calm, in fact, you will eventually achieve a state where your mind is exclusively focused on what is one set of sensations. Let that come by itself over time. Don't rush it. To begin with, there will be all kinds of other things going on in your mind. And all you need to do is to keep resting your mind on the sensations. Let the other things be there as well. Let them be there. Now, as for bodily tension, you want to be completely relaxed. So at any time you notice tension in your body, just let it go. And check in every now and then in your body just to see if tension develops, because it does. As you're sitting there, you might find that your shoulders tense up or your forehead tense up or the muscles in your eyes or something. And uh, when you notice that, and make sure that you check in every now and then to see if that's happened, just let it go. Be completely relaxed. The idea is that you are calming both the body and the mind. You're bringing the mind to a state of rest, and the mind and the body are so closely linked that uh, if, the, if the body is carrying tension, the mind is not going to come completely to a state of rest. And this is not about 
a lot of effort and striving. It is about diligence in the sense that each time you realize that the attention is not on the sensations of the breath, you return it to those sensations. What you, what you want to do is to be continuously aware of those sensations of the in-breath and the pause and the out-breath and the pause and the in-breath and the pause and the out-breath of the pause without any gaps. But you're not worried about whatever other thoughts or sensations that you may be aware of at the same time. You just keep returning your attention to this one thing until the mind ceases to, until you, you no longer forget that that's what you intend to do. And until the mind no longer uh, goes off and wanders from this and that to the other thing. And you don't worry about how often that happens. And you don't worry about how long the mind wanders. Your only responsibility, your only job, is if you realize that your attention is no longer on the sensations of the breath, if you're no longer aware of those sensations as they unfold, to gently bring the attention back. And when you experience forgetting and mind-wandering, what will happen is you will you will have a moment where you suddenly realize what has happened. And the way that you train the mind is to be glad, to appreciate, to enjoy that moment where you recognize that the mind has no longer is no longer attending to the sensations of the breath in the way that you wanted it to. It's a kind of waking up. It's a very special kind of awareness. It's being aware of your own mind and what's going on in your own mind, whereas prior to that you were lost in a thought. We live most of our lives lost in one thing or another. And in that moment when you realize that that's happened, you're waking up to the present. You're waking up to your intentions. You're waking up to the reality of what you're doing as compared to what it was that you intended to be doing. What you want to do is reinforce that. You want to appreciate that. You want to enjoy that. Because if you do, then that will happen again and again more often. This is how you train your mind to notice more quickly and more often that you have lost attention to the breath. And so there's no need to force. You can't make that happen. But by being glad that it's happened, you can make it more likely to happen again. You see? But you can't force it to happen. And you can't force your mind not to forget the meditation object and wonder. No matter how hard you try, forcing it won't work. But what you can do is take, is hold the intention to be continuously aware of the sensations of the breath. And whenever there's a gap in that awareness, you bring the attention back and then you regenerate the intention to stay aware and allow, over time, the tendency of the mind to forget and the mind to wander to diminish and decrease. And whenever it does, the tendency to discover that that's happened will happen much more quickly. Until, at some point, you'll notice, uh, you'll notice that your, your attention has shifted to some other thought before you cease to be aware of the sensations of the breath.
And that's, that's a very great progress. When that happens, uh, if you continue practicing in that way, noticing before you forget the breath, then after a while you won't forget the breath anymore. The mind becomes trained and you'll just stay with the breath. And your mind will already be more peaceful and calm. And whenever you begin to practice, and I think most of you have practiced for at least one year, some of you practice much more than that. So you already know that, that when you sit down to practice, very often your mind is quite agitated and that there's a tremendous flow of thoughts and there's some very strong uh, concerns in your mind which will manifest, they'll keep coming up over and over again. That's all right, you let that happen, but you're just trying to bring the mind to a state of calm and peacefulness. As the surface level of activity of the mind comes to be uh, less and less and, and the mind becomes more calm and clear in that way, then there will be things coming from the deeper levels of the mind. In our metaphor of the water, that's like the stuff that's stirred up at the bottom. And it, it is still detracting from the clarity of the mind. But you let that stuff be. You let it come up and then you let it settle down until your mind continues to increase in clarity and in calmness. Uh, and that's all there is to it. It's easy practice. That's not a strength. Any questions about the basic sitting practice? Yes. I have a sim- uh, similar question uh, to Michael's. Sometimes I uh, feel that uh, the sensation of the um, upper lips not so apparent than the other parts of the body. So, so I sh- should I shift to the, say, the shoulder? Um, It, you, you're saying you can feel sensations produced by the breath and the shoulder more easily than on the upper lip. Um, what you use as a meditation object is not of crucial importance, and where you observe the sensations of the breath is not of crucial importance either. But there are certain advantages to using this location at the nose and upper lip. So if you can, uh, if it's just a question of it's a little more easy, a little more obvious on the shoulder, most people find abdomen is a much grosser, coarser sensation, and easier to, uh, uh, to discern initially. Uh, but as long, if you can discern, can, can you discern the sensations reasonably clearly at the nose? then I would suggest that uh, if it's not a problem, your, it, it is not a question of finding the, where the sensations are the clearest. It's finding a place where they are clear that is relatively focused, where you can rest your mind and keep returning your attention whenever uh, it wanders. Uh, although these coarser sensations are easier to detect initially. Uh, As your concentration and your mindful awareness become more refined, uh, if you observe the sensations here, they're subtler and you will come to recognize that in the the course of the in-breath, there may be six or eight or ten 
different distinct sensations that you become aware of. And similarly with the out-breath. Whereas with the abdomen or the shoulder or something like that, it's coarser, but it's also uh, uh, lacking in uh, uh, subtlety. So there are certain advantages that you may not appreciate right away to using the sensations of the nose. But it's not essential. And we can talk about, in, in any question like this, I can talk about with you individually, and we can see if you have a particular kind of problem, or, you know, and it may very well be that in your own case, when we talk about it, that we may decide that you would benefit either permanently or temporarily from observing sensations elsewhere. And that's fine, we'll look into that. There's nothing, nothing magical. There's nothing special about any one particular object. It's, they're only, it's only a tool. Some tools work a little better than others, but it's only a tool, and there are many different tools that can accomplish the same purpose. Other questions? Let me just reiterate. All you need to do is to discover where these sensations are very clearly, can be very clearly discerned and observed as the air enters and leaves your body with the breath. And hold the intention to be continuously aware of those sensations. And if you, if you lose the awareness of it, bring it back. At, at, at a later point, and this is just a basic instruction, first night. And, and so some of you may be ready for something as for uh, uh, an instruction that has to do with developing single-pointedness. But at least between now and, and tomorrow, if there is other mental activity going on, if there's awareness of other sensations, don't worry about it. All you want to do is to try to be continuously aware of the sensations of the breath, not trying to eliminate anything else. You want to be relaxed and alert. So the instruction is to find the sensation. If the mind wanders, when you realize that it's wandered, take a moment to notice and appreciate what it's like to wake up to what's actually happening rather than be lost in a thought. Having appreciated that, gently bring your attention back once again to observing the sensations of the breath. And when you observe those sensations, try to observe them as clearly and distinctly as you can. So in the process of doing that, you might be able to discern exactly when the in-breath begins and perhaps even exactly when it ends. And you'll notice the pause before the out-breath begins. And then see if you can notice exactly when the out-breath begins and when the out-breath ends, and the pause before the next in-breath. So just try to be clearly aware, and by, by trying to be clearly aware, try to remain engaged with that so that your mind rests easily in the observation of the breath. Don't become stressed, don't become tense, just remain relaxed. Uh, just keep repeating the simple process of bring the attention back, engage, bring the attention back, and, and engage over and over again. Okay? The walking practice is very similar. What I'll ask you to do during the walking meditation is to walk more slowly 
than you're used to doing every day and take one step at a time. And by that, I mean that you lift one foot and you move it and you place it. And it's not until it's completely placed that you begin to move the other foot. This is a little bit different. Normally when we walk, the back foot's already coming up before the front foot is fully placed. And so that's the one biggest difference. Walk a little more slowly and leave a little pause. This foot's there and now lift this one and move it. Now what I want you to do with your mind while you're walking is place your attention on the sole of the foot that's moving. And observe the sensations there, just like you observe the sensations of the breath. Observe the changing sensations as you lift your foot and move your foot and place it. And then when you shift your foot, your weight onto that foot, shift your attention to the sole of the other foot. And observe the sensations as you lift and move in place. And then shift your attention again. So what you're doing is you're continuously directing your attention Sustaining your attention, directing your attention, sustaining your attention. That's the practice. You'll be aware of other things. There will be other thoughts in your mind. But, and you're not trying to exclude them all. But the one thing is try to remain in the present. The thoughts that will carry you away are the thoughts about the past, or the future, or what's happening somewhere else. So if you can just stay in the present, thinking about walking, thinking about the sensations in the soles of your foot, thinking about when you're going to stop and turn, thinking about what you're seeing, thinking about where you are, but mainly directing and sustaining your attention on the soles of your foot. Let the other thoughts be in the background and in the foreground of your awareness. You're outside walking, you're going to be aware of all kinds of things at the same time. But as in, the, in the center of your awareness, at the focal point of your awareness, not excluding anything else, not tight and rigid, but just at the center of it, is the awareness of these sensations. And once this foot is placed, you move the attention. And if something comes along that strongly draws your attention, you hear a sound, just stop, listen to that sound. And then when you listen, when you've heard it, when, when the sound is done with, don't, if it goes on but you're done with it, you let go of it. Only as long as you need to have that sound register and satisfy your attention, then you might just take a moment to explore what it means to hear. And then having done that, Bring your attention back to the sole of your foot and continue walking. Same thing if you see something. Or if you feel something on your skin. You feel a breeze on your skin. and It's a distinct sensation. And it catches your attention in that way. Then very deliberately, stop. Direct your attention to your skin. Feel the sensation of breezes and sunlight, whatever. And then when you're satisfied that you've looked at that and you've had a moment to just be aware of the sensations in your body, then direct your attention back and continue walking. What you are training your mind in is that you're directing and sustaining attention based on 
conscious, deliberate intention. Because, of course, what happens all the time, the, the, the winds that disturb your mind, is that your attention goes here and there. It's pulled here and there. Some thought comes in and grabs your attention. And so what you're doing is you are training your mind so that attention moves and attention rests according to what you want it to do. And you train it by just simply repeating it over again. Direct and sustain your attention. Your mind wanders, direct it back to the tip of your nose. Sustain your attention on those sensations until something happens. When you realize something has happened to interrupt that, direct your attention once again back. So it's directing and sustaining attention. Same thing with walking, directing and sustaining attention. That's the beginning of bringing the mind to a state of calmness and training the mind to respond to your conscious intention. Any questions about the basic practice there? There is, of course, a lot more to it. And you all did say that you had seen the ten stages of, uh, so you are aware that there's much more to it than that. But that is where we began. So practice in that way and until we have some time together uh, tomorrow. As a matter of fact, let's take just a very few minutes, maybe five minutes to sit together right now, just to, so while, while my instructions are fresh in your mind, uh, and then uh, we'll take another two or three minutes afterwards, just in case uh, any of you have any questions that have arisen as a result of actually trying out the instruction. So make yourself comfortable. And it's always a very good idea to settle your body. I always start out putting my awareness in my body as, as a whole. Sometimes going beyond that, being aware of the whole space that I'm in. And then drawing the attention more specifically towards the physical sensations in the body. Making sure that I'm completely relaxed and steady. And then just gradually draw that focus to the sensations at the nose where the breath is entering and leaving. And what I suggest you do right now, and you might in fact like to do this each time you sit, is to count the breaths in sequence up to ten and see if you can maintain continuous awareness of ten breaths in a row. If you can, start over and see if you can do another 10. If you can't, if you lose the awareness, just start over at one and see how many breaths that you can continuously be aware of.
How was that? Any questions uh, about the practice? I thought if uh, we come to another, along with the, the length of the breath, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit easier to become a mental habit. So, since we are continuing the breath, mm-hmm. but actually we are continuing the habit. So, uh, is it better, say, um, after one, <coughs> that being and breath out? And count that number. Mm-hmm. Are, uh, are, are you asking the best place to put the number? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you, you, you should make the you should place the number in a fairly concise spot, so that rather than you know having having an, the thought of an, a, a number word resonating in your mind while you're observing the breath. So you could, for example, breathe in and breathe out and then think one, breathe in, breathe out, think two. There's a little trick that I learned that if you're doing this and you might notice, and this is, a, this, this, it's good if you have enough awareness to notice this, that if your mind tends to start drifting away from the breath, it often tends to start drifting away at the end of the out-breath and before the next in-breath. Did any of you notice that by any chance? You you notice that? And I think that the reason that happens is that we we think of that as as one complete breath cycle, the end of the out-breath. And so the mind says, okay, we've done that on something else. So you can... Uh, do uh, a, a little trick and put your count at the end of the in breath and before the out breath, so that you know you, you breathe. Uh, you you just might find that helps a little bit, but it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It's just that you want to have you know when when you think the one and the two and the three it should be fairly concise, and so that it's, you know you're really attending to the sensations of the breath. And I'll point out to you with accounting, its its value is is uh, limited. Going on counting for a long period of time uh, isn't much help. And I usually suggest that if you are continuously aware of ten breaths in a row, quit counting. You know, and then later on, if your mind starts wandering, uh, you may want to count another ten breaths. But to just keep repeating the counting over and over again quickly becomes counterproductive. Your mind just counts automatically and wanders anyway. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it's useful though, and I find it's uh, especially helpful if you always do it. Every time you sit down, if you, count the, if you count 10 breaths, and once you've counted 10 breaths, you quit and just follow the breath silently after that. But it helps to condition your mind. You sit down there, and, and because every time you've ever sat down to meditate, you've counted the first ten breaths, as soon as you start counting the breaths, the mind quiets down, settles down, and says, oh, I know what we're going to do now. So. Yes? So, while I was counting, I happened to hear the airplane. Yes. But I didn't lose my count, so... 
Am I paying attention to both? Or? Yes, that, and that, that was uh, what I was trying to convey earlier, is that you're, you're not concerned with excluding other things at this point. Later on, you will refine your concentration so that you're less aware of other things. But to begin with, what you, the, what's most important is not losing awareness of the breath. doesn't matter what else you're aware of at the same time. So that was, that's a good question. Thank you. And uh, and once again, you know the same. Uh, whether you're counting or not, this is true. But the counting is just uh, sort of an aid, and you know, counting is especially useful uh, if you if you're experiencing a lot of instability in your attention. If you lose the awareness of the breath really often, so that uh, often enough, so that uh, uh, to stay with it for ten breaths is an accomplishment. Then. Counting, counting is good because counting can help you to stay with the breath for a longer period of time and it, it, it lets you know that you've actually done something. It makes you feel a little bit uh, better about the fact that your mind's a bit agitated. So it's useful in that way. But there's nothing wrong with your mind being agitated. When your mind's agitated, your job is just to bring the attention back whenever, whenever you lose the meditation object. Any other questions for for the basic practice for tonight? No? Okay. Well, uh, we're going to be getting up early, so uh, I'll let you go when you can get settled in and have a good night. And uh, you'll sit again at 6.15 in the morning. I'll be seeing some of you in interviews between 10 and 12, and at noon we'll all uh, we'll resume this discussion of meditation and what its goals are and, and how to do it to get the greatest advantage from it. So. And we just wanted to um, say again that when the meditation interviews are happening, um, not to it come in and out, except for when a bell rings. Yes, please, always, at all times, whether it's during interview time or any time during the retreat, only enter and leave the meditation hall uh, when the bell rings. So if it was a 15-minute interview, yeah. allow yourself the half-hour yes. section. So if you hour. have an interview at 10.15, be outside from 10 o'clock to 10.30, so that and then you'll have time to come back in for to sit at uh, 10.30. So. Okay. Well, if that's everything, then thank you for tonight, and we'll continue tomorrow.